Need your Minnesota United soccer fix? We've got it for you here. It's Loon Talk on Score North. Welcome in, Loons fans, to another exciting week here on Loon Talk. Jonathan Harrison here, joined by Dan Terhard. Dan, how are you doing today, sir? Hey, very good, very good. We are also joined by special guest from the Pioneer Press, Andy Greeter. How are you doing today, sir? I'm good. How are you guys? Can't complain. Ready Can't for... Complain. Welcome. Glad you could join us, Andy. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Should be good. Uh, we've got plenty to talk about. An exciting week for Minnesota United, so let's jump right into it. Uh, Minnesota United, couple games this week as I pull up my pull up the rundown now. Uh, Minnesota United, 3-2 win against Philadelphia Union on Wednesday. Got plenty to talk about from that one, as well as Minnesota's 1-1 draw against LAFC at the weekend. So let's start with, let's start in chronological Chronological order. Let's start on Wednesday. Minnesota's outstanding comeback win against the Philadelphia Union. Uh, just from broad, uh, broad aspect, what do you, what did you guys think of that match? Starting with you, Dan. Um, that was a match where you felt like they did what they had to do. <laughs> they had they got done what they needed to get done. You know, it wasn't. I don't know. I, I guess I, I go back and forth on this one as to whether it was uh, a match where they played poorly but got the result or played just good enough to win. Um, I don't know. You know, it's tough. It's always tough against the East Conference. We don't know the teams that well. We haven't seen much of them. But I thought going in that they were going to match up pretty evenly. I thought it was going to be a good match. But you just can't tell this team. And, you know, by the way, when do we ever anticipate a three-goal barrage by this team? (laughs) A three-goal outburst. You know, I mean, we've been talking about that all season long, and it just doesn't happen. Was that the second one or third one? Second three goal That game? was the second one. Only two all year, right? Yeah. Is that correct? Yeah, I'm going through the schedule is, here on FDRF. Yeah, that's yeah, the only. It's, the... it's so few that you don't even really remember them. Yeah, that's no, it's rare. so weird. Yeah, I mean, even even bad, yeah, even bad teams occasionally score three, four goals. <laughs> so it's really it's really odd. But you know, at the end of that match, I just felt like you know what they good teams do enough to get done what needs to happen. And I felt like that was one of those wins where you go, okay, they got the job done. It was probably not the way they wanted it to get done, but they got the job done. They got the three points against a quality opponent. So I was kind of left a little bit with – it's been the story all year, Andy, for me. It's mixed emotions. Was that a tie? Felt like a loss. Really? (laughs) Things like that. It looks like it was the second three-goal game. They had three against the Galaxy. Yeah, uh, in mid. Yeah. So yeah, very very rare for this team to to score three. I thought it was interesting to see who scored them, right? And in, right. who knew? I think what yes. was the day the day started last Wednesday uh, with his salary uh, number coming out at <laughs> two point six million dollars, which is more than double anyone else on Minnesota United. And I think he really needed that goal because if he wasn't, people were certainly <laughs> going to be griping about him after that being the news of the morning. Yeah, yeah it was all, it was almost as if when he scored that goal, you could just feel the relief coming from number 23 all the way up in the booth. And it's one of those goals where you go, man, if there was ever a guy that needed the goal, ever a team that needed him to score, I mean, it was huge. And, you know, he's played pretty well since then. So um, I don't know. You know. You know what these guys are like. Some of them are just such head cases that until they score a goal, they can't do anything. 
You know? Yeah, there was also relief up in the in the sporting booth where uh, Mark Watson, <laughs> Manny Lagos, and Amos McGee are too, because <laughs> they know that number too, and, and the production of goals that he has or hasn't had. You know, I think that he's actually dealt with it pretty well. You know, I talked to him after his his two goal game about a month ago, and he seemed pretty calm with the whole thing and kind of realizing that he wasn't going to make excuses, but at the same time, he needed to produce and needed to be patient. And I felt like he. And really had a even keel approach to it. So I think, yeah, I think a lot of times people can get, you know, kind of clam up and nervous and start to, you know, tighten up and, and maybe he didn't do that as much. Yeah. He's not your, um, a lot of times we think of strikers as being these flamboyant, uh, huger than life personalities. And there are a lot of those, but he definitely isn't that he's, he's more of a guy that just shows up and does his work and, you know, keeps his, uh, keeps his mouth shut most of the time. And, um, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of nice, especially if they score goals. It's kind of nice to have a guy like that. Yeah. That yeah. game had, that game had so much to it, right? I mean, they, they trailed, uh, in that game, you know, they're able to, to come back with, with, uh, Robin Mudd's goal and, and Franco Fragapane, who, while we're talking about salary numbers, the other end of the spectrum, <laughs> Fragapane making a 140 grand, which is just the biggest bargain. Yeah, absolutely. Seen, given how many goal contributions he has on the year. He went down in the penalty box uh, pretty cheaply early on uh, in that game. And, you know, I turned to somebody in the press box and I said, when you make that amount of money, that amount of money you got to make a meal out of everything. Get on the score sheet and Robin Lud. I mean, obviously he's such a, a playmaker for this team and, and his finish was a, was a snipe for sure. So yeah, absolutely. And then, I mean, just to be able to pull out three points after Metonair goes out, uh, for the last 15 plus minutes and, and kind of see that game out when, when Philly was on the front foot uh, it, you know, you know, Adrian Heath is going to have a gripe uh, after that. And he said, well, Hey, maybe it showed that it's not so easy to score when you're down, when you're up a man. <laughs> he was pretty quick for that retort after the struggles they've had in that department. Yeah. <laughs> we, we thought that both the um, Austin match and um I'm drawing a blank. The um, last match before the Philadelphia, we match. thought both Philadelphia. Yeah, I don't know why I drew a blank on that. We thought both the Austin and Philadelphia matches, the referees did not do themselves any favor in both matches. I felt like they missed opportunities early in the match to kind of calm things down and set a tone. And I thought both of them missed that opportunity, and it did yeah. it did escalate into some some kind of ugly situations. Yeah, and it was also just like a fair amount of flopping and just looking for calls and just kind of took away from all of the flow of the game. I thought both mm-hmm. of those games really kind of didn't do themselves any favors with the, the critics to the game where people are going down too easily. Yeah, Casper Spilko, key number one in that Philadelphia match. Dude's six four and he's going down after getting nudged by Chase Gasper, who's giving him like five inches. And it's just like, yeah. if you're six four and you're – you have, what, 12 goals on the season going into that match? Should you really be flopping as much as Casper Spilko was in that match? I mean, stay on your feet, man. You'll get more chances. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you got to kind of make them earn it. If you go down too easily, then you, you get a reputation yeah. like, you know, Cecilio Dominguez. For <laughs> that man dives all over the place and it's trying get to earn himself an Emmy. He's trying to earn himself an Emmy, but he ain't going to get it with how cheaply he goes down. Um, yeah, that for, one, for me – 
you guys mentioned it. The the story all season long has always been, and we'll get to it in the LAFC match, that this team can control matches, but they just can't find a way to score. This felt like the opposite, where they struggled to control the match at times, but all of a sudden they can just score whenever they wanted it to, at, it seemed, at will. It felt like a complete opposite of what the rest of the season has been. Um, but yeah, unfortunate that they go down, but it was a great, for me, it was a great, uh, great fight and tenacity to get back into this one where you didn't, you didn't know if they had that in them because we haven't seen that much this season where they've gone down and they've had to come back into the match and get the win. Yeah, team, for sure. They've had, Andy, they've, they've kind of done a little bit of everything this year, haven't they, Andy? I mean, there's been times when they've scored early, they've scored late, they've come from behind, they've given up leads late. I mean, it's really, there's been no rhyme or reason to anything this team has done, is there? I mean, it's just no. weird. Yeah, it's it's a very enigmatic team to to really get your hands around, you know, what sort of consistency they have or, or lack of consistency. And yeah, I mean, we go into the LA uh, FC match, you know, the return of not being able to score goals after, you know, getting three against Philly, you know, kind of brought that around again and, and continued what's probably the biggest theme for this team is is they consistently can't score enough goals. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And Let's move on to that LAFC match. We kind of discussed can all we the talk, goals. Can we talk about yeah. Roman Metnair first? <laughs> Throwing well, the ball in the 77th minute angry, at Kai Did he just all of a sudden start taking angry pills? Because this is a guy that's one of the hardest working players on his team. He is usually just goes about his job quietly. And all of a sudden, in two matches in a row, he's drawn attention to himself. Um, yeah. One, apparently something was said. We don't know what. Then the second one... There was a bad call, but that doesn't mean you can throw the ball at an opponent. And yeah. very, don't you think, Andy, very untypical of uh, Metonair? Yeah, very, very surprising to see him lose his cool, you know, at Austin, and very surprising to see him throw a ball, you know, at a at a player like that. That's gonna that's gonna get you a card any time, regardless yeah. of of high Kai Wagner, you know, completely flopped on that. <laughs> right. That wasn't even a good flop, right? No. If, you, if you throw it at someone's head, I mean, you only have yourself to blame. Yeah. And yeah, it's, it's very surprising because he's been, you know, not only a machine in the way he plays, but just in the way he goes about things, you can always count on him to be a, a rock. So to see him kind of fly off the handle like he did was, was very surprising. Yeah. He's, he's usually always available and, and that means not taking boneheaded red cards and, and he knew it immediately after he did it. He didn't even argue with the official where like we see all the time with, players arguing with officials over everything. He just walked off the field. He knew what he did, and he just accepted the punishment right away. It meant yeah. he was out for the LAFC match, so in step to Sonny Dotson in that right-back role, meaning Ozzie Alonso and Will Trapp were in the midfield. We'll get to those two in a second. But for me, outstanding performance, but it's just the story of the season with that LAFC game. They can control the match, and control it they did. 70% of the possession, the highest amount of possession they've had in a single game since a Vancouver 2-2 draw back in 2017 when they had 73% of the possession. Yeah, that was that was surprising. I didn't that's a great stat poll because it jumped off the page to me even when they're able to to get scoring chances and, yeah. and kind of have some have some threats, they still don't often have possession. So to see that number as high as it did and to only have one goal off of it, you know, kind of off a recycled ball on a set piece just shows how much they struggle to score goals. Is it? But don't you think that stat, the possession time stat, about 95% of the time is meaningless? Yeah, I mean, it's just based on how you want to play, right? I think, yeah, you know, right. it's it's concerted possession. It's kind of if you are counting a counterattack team, if that's the way you want to go about it, it's it's not as, yeah. as critical. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you look at some of the other 
uh, stats that Opta has up on the on that game. 70% of the possession for Minnesota, 43% of the game was spent in the midfield third, which you expect, but then 40% of the possession was spent in LAFC's third, so their <laughs> defensive third. So Minnesota was, I mean, we were looking at the LA net all night long on, on Saturday, and except for the the howler by Tyler Miller, and let's talk about that. 32nd minute, uh, mm. Tyler Miller lets in a goal against the worst team to do it against, his former team, the one he wants to get a clean sheet against every time. Just the ball takes an unlucky bounce right in front of him, and it slips through his hands and right through his legs into the back of the net and gives LAFC a lead in the 32nd minute. Yeah, and it was kind of the second straight game where he's had a, a misplay. You know, I mean, they had that punch on the corner kick against yeah. Philadelphia that he didn't execute well, and that led to a goal there. You know, I wonder, you know, if this happens earlier in the year, if we're not on the cusp of a, of a goalkeeper change, Yeah, just given those, those two mistakes, but given the fact that they've ridden Tyler as much as they have, I'd imagine that they stick with them. But yeah, that was, that was something that we have not seen out of him that way. And, and without a, an ability to finish, it, it proved, it looked like it was going to prove even more costlier than it did. Yeah, you win if he doesn't. Uh, if he handles that ball, you win one nil. He sets the team record for shutouts. He beats his old team. I mean, no, I'm sure nobody was harder on Tyler Miller than Tyler Miller was after that. So, yeah, if he gets if he stops that goal in Minnesota, find a way to get in the, on the score sheet later in the match. Not only does he get the shutout number, get a win, but he also, based on results later in the night. He gets his team up into fourth place in the Western Conference, which would be absolutely critical going down these final stretch of games, which we'll get to in a second. But then, sixty third minute comes or sixty fifth minute, excuse me, comes around. Ozzy Alonso comes in with an equalizing goal, well taken free kick by Emmanuel Reynoso that puts enough pace on it that it bounces off of the LAFC keeper's hands right to Ozzy Alonso, who raises his foot about waist high and just strikes it to the back of the net. And from every everything we've ever seen from Ozzy Alonso in his career, that's a typical Ozzy Alonso goal where it's not going to be uh, this nice tap-in pass. It's going to be an absolute strike. Yeah, and it was very much like the first goal at Allianz Field, right? Mm-hmm. A little half volley where he raises up and, and just smacks the heck out of it. And- yeah. And yeah, I mean, he doesn't score often, and they obviously desperately, desperately needed that when they got it. It it was either going to be in the back of the net or in the brew hall. There was no in between. <laughs> it was going to be one of the two. That's that's a very difficult shot. While we're talking about Ozzy, does anybody know what was going on between Ozzy and and Bradley at the end of the match? Uh, it sounds like something was said to Ozzy from the bench earlier on in the game. Okay, he had words with the bench earlier. And okay. uh, it sounded like at the end of the game, uh, Minnesota United players wanted more stoppage time than the referee was going to give them. And yeah. Bob was trying to get in, go and talk to the referee, and he kind of put a hand on Ozzy, and Ozzy didn't take too kindly to that and said <laughs> afterwards, hey, if I have to show you respect, yeah. uh, then you have to show me some respect too. And, would, would, yeah, I mean, you... Ozzy had, had his finger in his face and was shouting at him. And it was, I'm sure it was it very as, intense. As, uh, as you know, kind of bland as, as Ozzy related to the media. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know about you guys, but if, unless I have permission, I'm not touching Ozzy. No, <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't either. Even if I am Bob Bradley. Yeah. No. Continuing on the Ozzy Alonzo thread here after he scores that goal, 65th minute, he's 35. He's played this many games of the season. Are you making the run that he does for his celebration afterwards? Wow. <laughs> he sprinted yeah, was- 120 yards. Yeah, yeah, and then up into the stands, too. He did some yeah. stairs on it, too. Wow. 
that's commitment. I, I don't think I'd do that, even if it is for a friend. I don't I don't know who the guy was that he hugged, but man, he made he made the commitment right away to make that yeah. run all the crazy. way across the field. That was incredible. Yeah, it was it was his uh it was his friend in town from Cuba who was at training, I think, uh, the day or two before. It's something okay. like Ozzy's son said earlier in the day that, that Ozzy was gonna score. So Ozzy oh. was actually actually looking for his uh his son and his okay. buddy came down and <laughs> you think uh, like, you think about the time he hit the uh the half line he's thinking oh, i should oh, score in the first half this would be a lot easier <laughs> and all, all his teammates are like hey i want to celebrate We're with all you trying to catch him. Around. my favorite was uh roman metanera posting on his instagram story like what are you doing man yeah, what are you doing, man? <laughs> he takes the video from where he's sitting up in the stands, and he's like, "What? What are you doing? Why are you running this far?" Uh, speaking about Ozzy Alonso, continuing that thread, um, team of the week performance for him because of his performance on Saturday, winning two thirds of his duels, regained possession of the ball fifteen times higher than anybody else on the pitch, and then completed eighty nine of ninety three passes for a cool ninety five percent. His midfield partner, Will Trap, completed seventy one of seventy seven passes for a cool 92%. So that is one deadly accurate midfield that Minnesota has for them going down the stretch here. Yeah. You know, I think when he brought in Will Trapp, it sounded like Ozzy was going to take a back seat yeah. uh, to him. And he started to, to, to do that to, to the beginning of the year, but they've actually proved to be a pretty good pairing. And Ozzy, I uh, keep showing that he's, he's defeating father time. <laughs> when, when Ozzy's on the pitch, you know it. Um, Cause he just brings that intensity and that, and that, uh, he's such a hard worker, but is there a guy more invisible that does so much for a team than Will Trap? I mean, you'd hardly ever see him, but yet his passes are accurate. He's always where he's supposed to be. He hardly ever turns the ball over. I mean, what a great pickup he was. Yeah, for sure. And both of those guys, you just have so much confidence in front of that back line. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And they just help out so much in the defensive third as well. Just keeping everything clean in front of Tyler Miller. I know uh, Loons fans like to question the substitutions. This one will have some questions in it, but I think there's a reason for why Adrian Heath only used one sub. We've always heard him say that he only brings on substitutions if he knows they can make a difference. And if you're going to look at how they were playing on Saturday, I know they have a couple games coming up here in short turnaround, so you'd want you think you'd want to make substitutions to keep bodies fresh. But if you're looking at how they played on Saturday and how well they were just controlling that match, who else on the bench other than Ethan Finley is going to come on and make a difference in that match? Nico Hansen still probably breaking off some rust from his time off. I mean, Fernando Adi, we've seen what he can or more or less can't do. Yeah, we, throughout we need this more season. of that. Yeah. None of the guys on the bench were going to come in and make a, as much of a difference as the guys on the field were already making. So I understand, for me at least, why only one substitution was used on Wednesday or Saturday night. Yeah, I mean, I would I would agree. I think that, you know, you want to keep that midfield pairing together I think that's that makes a lot of sense you know maybe you maybe you do something with Asani who's maybe not in the natural spot if you're trying to to see it out late maybe you do something there but yeah I mean it, it, the only thing is is you know the five games in 16 days and yeah and how they have to go again on Wednesday that's maybe more of the concern than actually having your your best and, and fittest 11 out there for the end yeah, yeah I, I would have liked to see Nico get some playing time because I think uh, with this hectic final to the season, I think he could be key if he can get back to form because he was playing very well. And uh, I was kind of hoping he'd come in and, and we'd see him kind of get his game going because he could really help this team, I think. He could be an absolute dangerous threat in yeah. the playoffs should this team make it that far. So that means up next for the Loons, 
Wednesday, as we've already mentioned, a trip out to Vancouver. I believe it's their first trip to Canada in about two years. Uh, pre-match, 8.30 p.m. kickoff, 9 p.m. with Dan Terra and myself on Score North on AM1500, the Score North mobile app and live.scorenorth.com. No Chase Gasper because of yellow card accumulation. I would imagine that means Asani Dotson's moving over from the right back role to the left back role. Yeah, I, I could see that, or, or you could write to Love as well, too. I think that, yeah. you know, he's he's played some international games. I think he's he's a pretty strong left-back kind of candidate. Um, so, yeah, I think it's probably going to be either one of those two. Yeah. Uh, other points for the Vancouver match. Vancouver sit one point behind Minnesota in the standings. Only two losses in the last 19 matches. I believe most of those are under interim management after they got rid of Mark Dos Santos earlier this year. Uh, Brian White. The pickup of the season, midseason for for any team, basically. Seven goals in the last ten matches, 11 goals since he joined the team. Um, attack is going to be intense for from Vancouver. Brian White, Christian Dahomey, and Caicedo account for 23 of Vancouver's goals this season. So Minnesota's defense will have to be on their A game on Wednesday night. I can just see Ethan Finley uh, squirming in his seat when Christian Dahomey's name is brought up. <laughs> One of the worst penalty calls. Oh my goodness! Of all time, they really uh, lost Minnesota earlier this year. We'll and get to more questionable or non-questionable calls later. Yeah, Ethan actually brought that up unprovoked uh, a couple of games ago, and <laughs> months after the fact, he was still smarting about that. I, I I think when we talked about this the last couple of matches, we faced some pretty good goal scorers, and I just think when when Boxel and and Bakay Debasi are healthy and happy and playing well. I don't, there's nobody that a striker that I really get that concerned about because they have the ability of taking their game away from them. And I think that when you play teams like that, it's going to be tough to, it's tough to score in the middle. It's tough to have space in the middle. And, and they, they, when one of them does lose a step, the other one is right there to help them out. And um, I just, I think that it's, you have to look at the game differently when you're, when your defense and, and your goaltender usually is playing that well. Um, I just think White probably won't have as good a night as as he would like to, and that's that's kind of been the mode of this team. We can hey, we can take any high scoring team and make them boring. That's what we do. <laughs> we'll take the fun right out of it. Yeah, there was also Christian Arango, who's you know talk about yeah. Ryan White yeah. is hot, and Christian Arango yeah. was was White hot, the hottest probably in the league, and outside of his free kick, they they kept him off the scoreboard. Yeah, yeah, and that's yeah, they, what those two guys have been able to do with those guys in the middle. And if nothing else, they force them to move further back or or move further right or move further left and get out of their their comfort zone. So, um, you know, that's that's kind of been the mode of the year um, is is good defense and I mean, we can we can out we can outplay a team badly and still keep it dull and close. So, <laughs> uh, we want to score four after that one. Before... Four goals this year once. <laughs> We have a write that down that says they'll score five. So <laughs> good luck to that listener who wrote that one in. Uh, after that uh, is a Halloween game uh, at Allianz Field, the final home game of the season against Sporting Kansas City, 11.30 a.m. pre-match show, 12 p.m. kickoff, Score North on AM 1500, Score North mobile app, lives.scorenorth.com as well for that one. Sporting Kansas City locked up a playoff spot this past weekend in a 2-1 win at Seattle last time. Uh, the Loons played uh, Sporting Kansas City. It was an ugly 4-0 loss down at Sporting Kansas City. Uh, just let's avoid trips to Kansas City as much as we can unless they're in the playoffs, apparently. Um, and then That's just, just three... a good life rule right there. That's all that is. <laughs> <laughs> you, you don't want to go down for barbecue? Yeah, there's a lot of places with good barbecue. Ah, fair enough. 
Um, other than that, just three points are Seattle or Sporting Kansas City back from Seattle for the top of the West. So they might still be trying to play for that uh, first spot in the Western Conference, which would be a first round bye. So Sporting Kansas City might still have something on the line. I mean, they've already locked up a playoff spot, so who knows what they'll be when they come to town uh, next week. I hope I hope Adrian makes them watch that entire four nil beating. Ugh. Sometime before that match, and they're very angry. And I hope Ozzy is in uh, the rotation to play most of that match. And I hope, I think that could be, to me, that's one where you look at this could be a statement match, second to last one of the year. A win might put you in a good, depending on what happens with other teams and what happens in Vancouver, it might put you in a, a spot where you can say, all right, we're going to make the playoffs. Probably can't clinch it. It's so tight, but that could be a huge statement game at home against a team that beat you up badly, that you just looked awful against. Um, I, I think that's a scary match for me. Uh, it's a noon game. Sporting can be, as we know, brutal on us. But that also could be one that just sends them, you know, launches them into the playoffs. So that's going to be huge. That's going to be a lot of fun. A noon game, hopefully the sun's shining. And You did scary on purpose there, didn't you, since it's a Halloween game? Yeah, it's, uh, you know, when you're an old pro like me, that stuff just oozes from your pores. <laughs> uh, outside of uh, the Loons playing on a Sunday at noon, uh, let's talk about MLS scheduling because I don't understand that. Why are you going up against NFL in the peak of the NFL season? Why do they decide to play the last two games of the season on a Sunday at noon? It It has never made sense to me. I mean, Come on, let's let's know our place a little bit. MLS isn't up and competing with NFL yet. Yeah, they also schedule a little bit more wisely by having a game on Thanksgiving. If anybody owns <laughs> right. Thanksgiving, it's the NFL. Right. And the NBA clears the way clears out of the way there. Yeah, yeah. Pretty much everybody gets out of the way of the NFL on Thanksgiving. They've they've taken that over. Yeah, I don't I don't know. You know, in for Minnesota because the Vikings don't play at noon, it's yeah. somewhat understandable. Um, but still, yeah, it seems like if you want that attention of decision day, which I love the whole concept, the whole naming of decision day, I love that it's, it's great marketing, but yeah, you'd get a lot more attention. I think if you finished it up with a couple of late night, Saturday night matches to finish thing off, I think things off, I think you'd be better off, but nobody asked, nobody asked me. So (laughs) nobody asked for common sense when making the schedule for, for the league this season. Right. You guys ready to predict the schedule, the rest of the schedule? It's a weekly feature we're doing now. Yep. All right, let's, let's do it. Let's bring in the screen here. Not as we many predict. left. And we've got three games left, so let me bring in the screen here as it takes some time here. How do we do? Right. How do we do? Did, did either one of us pick a draw for uh, against LAFC? Uh, I picked a draw against Philadelphia, but we both picked wins last week. So uh, both of us were so wrong. We, so we suck. I got my results flipped. Let's just say that. I got my results flipped for that one. So, obviously, this is our segment every week that we've been doing for the past couple weeks where we predict the schedule. We'll keep track of them um, through the rest of the season. So, let's start off with the special guest, Andy Greeter. What are you going with for the game Wednesday against the Vancouver Whitecaps? Currently, Loon sitting 12 wins, 10 losses, 9 draws on the season on 45 points. Puts them in 6th place in the Western Conference currently. I see, uh, as we could probably see coming, a a 1-1 draw on that one. All right. I'll bring him to 10 draws on the season and on to 46 points. That's, that's a lot of scoring, Andy. I know. <laughs> Bold, wasn't it? You're testing my <laughs> highlight cutting skills with that one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dan. 
I um, I'm going to stick. I think I said last week that they were going to win in Vancouver. I'm going to stay yep. with that. They're going to win in Vancouver. You got them with a win. I think so. Last week I had them with a draw. There, I just wasn't too confident coming off the Austin game. But I think I'm changing my mind here based off the last two results for Minnesota and based off the last two results for Vancouver. Vancouver did have a lot of fight in those games. They came back once, uh, actually, I believe twice in both of those games. But I feel like the Loons could somehow pull out a win on the road, which would be a huge victory for them to bring them up to 48 points. Um, I would imagine it might boost them up to fourth place, but we'll see as we go down the stretch here. All right, quick turnaround again, as we mentioned Halloween noon game against Sporting Kansas City, final home game of the season. Andy, you're up first. Uh, I'm going to go with a win in that one. Um, I think that Minnesota is going to have much more to play for than Kansas City, having them wrap up a playoff spot and knowing that they're going to be in the second or third spot. I think Minnesota is going to be fighting for it a lot more. Yeah. Dan? All right. I think I'm going to stay consistent. I think last week I predicted they would lose that one. I'm going to stay with that. You're sticking with a loss against or for the final home game of the season. Wow, negative yeah, Kansas, Dan here. Kansas, I just I don't know that we're ready to to beat Sporting. They they're going to come in with a lot of confidence, but uh, and part of it is because I'm going to stick with my prediction on the last game at LA and if I were to pick a win over Sporting, that would mean they'd win 3 3 straight and I just that hasn't what does it happen once twice this year? I think so, once this season. Just once, um, maybe twice, yeah. So anyway, so I'm going to stick with my original pick from last week. I, I think they'll fall in, in uh, at home against SKC. All right. I think I'm leaning towards a win for, for me here. Same same reasoning as Andy. Just Sporting Kansas City will be coming in, hoping to stay healthy going into a playoff run. Uh, they've already got a playoff spot locked up. I assume by that time they'll have a home playoff spot locked up. If they don't already, I can't remember exactly what they have locked up. But I just see them trying to keep – trying to keep themselves healthy through the final games of the season, knowing they're already in the playoffs. They have something to fight for for that top spot in the Western Conference, but it's Seattle. They're really good. I know they're a little bit injured right now going into the final run for Seattle, but I just see Sporting Kansas City trying to come in and not get injured, and Minnesota will be still fighting for their playoff spot. So I think Minnesota are going to leave Allianz Field for the final time in the season with a home win, which means a week off between Sporting Kansas City and the trip out to Los Angeles. A ton on the line on that one on decision day. I imagine if we're gonna all going to think about it, that one's probably going to be picked for national television because there's still a game to be picked for that one. That one will probably have the most on the line. It could mean a trip to the playoffs or a trip out of the playoffs, depending on where the team stand at that point. So out in L.A. Uh, to face the Galaxy to wrap up the season. Andy, what do you have them here? I don't know. I, I think it's a really difficult pick for that game. You know, I think it's probably going to be a draw. I think they're going to have to eke into the playoffs. Um, I I don't see them going out there and getting three points. Um, so I'm going to stick with a draw. All right. Well, you know how confident I am, Jonathan. I think I used this as a write that down, <laughs> that this game, Minnesota would win. It would lock them into the playoffs and eliminate the Galaxy. Now, that might just be wishful thinking. That might just be my dream, but that's what I'm going to stay with. I think they win in L.A., and I think it ends up being a playoff game. Winner take, winners in, losers out. All righty. Well, I feel like I'm going to be homer here, but uh, Minnesota, I think going Don't. into that one, coming off the back of two straight wins, two big wins, especially against Sporting Kansas City, but also on the road getting your fourth road win of the season. Minnesota looking at this one. L.A. Galaxy, they have a really tough stretch 
um, of games down the final uh, three games. I think, yeah, three games for them. We'll look at that in a second. Um, LA Galaxy have struggled recently. Uh, they had a nice little run of form, but then they've really struggled of late trying to score goals and trying to get wins. I think Minnesota pull off the trifecta and get three wins to close out the season, giving them, at least in my standings, 54 points. Dan, you have them at 51 points. Andy, you have them at 50 points. I think all of us agree that those points that we give on, we've given them get them into the playoffs, right? Yeah, I think so. I think, yeah, I think so. Enough. Yeah. All right. But so wouldn't it was, be great? Wouldn't it be great if that game meant Minnesota winning and and getting in the playoffs and knocking LA out? I think that would be an amazing, amazing finish to the season for this club. And yeah, then you start the playoffs, and who knows? Anything yeah, can happen. The opposite of 2019 when when they came in here and and won in the playoffs and, and right, right, yep. Let's you think the league would so. be would be losing its mind if both LA teams were not in the playoffs. Yeah, I think they'd probably just shut things down at the league office. <laughs> <laughs> and considering both New York teams are struggling to get in the playoffs, we already know Chicago's not getting in the playoffs. If they have both New York teams, both LA teams, and the Chicago team out of the playoffs or not making the playoffs at all, whew, things might get not, a little heated over at the league not office. To men- not to mention nobody in Texas. <laughs> yeah, yeah, all three Texas teams. Of Kansas City versus Nashville. That'll really draw them in. <laughs> <laughs> Put that up against the NFL. That'll draw ratings. <laughs> All right, so let's look at the remaining schedules for the rest of the season. Um, we can go over these. I don't. I don't want to list them all off because that would take too much time. Oh, that's confusing. for you guys. Who has the most difficult schedule going down the stretch? I think oh, for boy. me, I mentioned it already. Uh, LA Galaxy. They have to go to Sporting Kansas City on Wednesday. Then they host. Then they have to go out to Seattle as well, and then they'll host Minnesota to end the season. I think for me, that's the toughest stretch. Yeah, LAFC's looks pretty tough too with uh, Colorado and Seattle in there. Ooh, yeah, in the mix. I think the easiest is probably Portland, but they're probably in the worst form. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they've lost two games. One of them they shouldn't have because they were leading at halftime two 0 against the Vancouver side that's looking to get back into the playoffs now in the playoffs uh, if the season was to end today. But yeah, Portland really struggling in form. I think losing three straight now. Yeah, you know when you. Tough. When you look at it, it's just it's what you always expect. You can go, oh well, that's an no, that's not an easy one. Well, that no, that's not an easy. You know, nobody's got a easy path. Everybody's got to play. You know, at least a couple of teams that are very capable of beating them. And then you just don't know when Austin's going to jump up and beat somebody, or um, you know, San Jose is going to bounce somebody. So, and and those teams love to do that. You know, this time of the year. If they can ruin someone's postseason, that's yeah. they like doing that. So, yeah, I don't know that there's makes a, a hell of a lot of difference in any of those schedules. You know, would you? Well, okay, you look at our schedule. It, which of of the remaining schedules that we have on there, the last three, would you trade ours with somebody? Would you trade with someone for that? I don't know that I would. I can't think. I mean, you take the final four games of Real Salt Lake. I'll take those at Dallas against yeah, San Jose, Portland against and Portland. SKC? Yeah, but Portland sporting? have been struggling lately. I'll take Portland. You want to end the season against Sporting to make the playoffs? I don't. I mean, if you had the three games prior to that and you're in where you're at, where we're <laughs> yeah. at, I think you're already locked up a playoff spot going into that game, depending on how yeah. well you do in those games. I I think, again, I'd take Portland's. San Jose, RSL, and Austin, yeah. that's by far the, the go-to. Oh, yeah. that would San be a Jose, good one. San Jose are all but eliminated at this point. I mean, they're mathematically still alive but right. we all know they're too far out there 
what, I think five points out uh, or six points out of the final playoff spot or seven. I don't know. I'm not trying. I'm trying to do math on the go. And oh, it's not great. Working. It's so great when you do math. <laughs> so good. Yeah. It always works well for everybody. All right. <laughs> to be your best every day, you need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the sleep number bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it, my sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher. And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples, temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 Smart Bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed. Plus, special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number, the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details. We've made it to that point. Let's look across the league at some of the other scores that affected the Loons this last week. We'll start on Wednesday. Uh, Real Salt Lake, not in action. They dropped to eighth place. LAFC comeback 3-2 win against Dallas. They stayed within four points of Minnesota. The Galaxy got a 3-0 win at Houston. And then Vancouver made their comeback win at Portland. Uh, it was a wild night on Wednesday. Minnesota stayed alive and helped themselves thanks to Real Salt Lake, not in action. But then we get to Saturday. Let's start off chronologically. Sporting Kansas City beat Seattle 2-1. to one. Uh, Sporting Kansas City secured themselves a playoff spot, locked up the Supporter Shield for New England. Congratulations to them. But the big question was, was this. How was Tim Melia's rock bottom that he put on Christian Roldan not a red card? You're taking one of my predictions away. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I have no idea. That was so amazingly bad. Right. And oh, what I goodness. love about it is, is the rock chiming in too. That was yeah. probably my favorite part of that whole thing is he, even the, even the wrestler, even the former football player knew that that was ridiculous. Yeah. The rock chimes in saying that's, that's a cold hearted rock bottom. One of his signature moves from back <laughs> in his day. And then the league decides to add on to it. The league whose refs got the call wrong or missed it said, uh, you would say he brought the smack down. Like, is it real? I posted this on Twitter. If you didn't see it, is it really wise that the league, whose own officials missed the call here, is being snarky about a missed call? I don't. It doesn't doesn't seem wise to me. No, absolutely not. And thankfully, you know, no one got hurt in that issue. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Chicago Fire then beat Real Salt Lake one nil. Uh, how do RSL lose to Chicago of all teams, a team that's already been eliminated? that we know is just in a world hurt at this point. They already got rid of their coach. Uh, we know there's locker room issues there. Means Real Salt Lake dropped back uh, to three points behind Minnesota in the standings after they were not in action and dropped out of a playoff spot. I mean, they have, they have Calvo, I mean, locker room problems. Uh, <laughs> hard, to, hard, hard to imagine that. <laughs> Who would have guessed that would happen, imagine right? Imagine that. Weird. Speaking of speaking of teams with with different coaches, I mean RSL and Vancouver still right. in the mix with with coaching changes, which is remarkable. Yeah, Vancouver were basically dead and gone when they got rid of Mark Dos Santos, and then now under interim, interim management, they've not only just gone on to be really really good, but they're also back in the playoff playoff spots into the final three games of the season. Hell of a job by their by their interim management. I imagine if you're going to go with anybody, go with the guy who got you 
to where you are at this point. Give him the full-time job in the offseason. Um, Colorado beat Portland 2-0. That helps Minnesota because uh, Portland now uh, moved down to just one point ahead of Minnesota in the standings. Uh, Minnesota would lose the first tiebreaker with Portland. Total wins 14-12 to there. Uh, second t- tiebreaker is goal differential. Minnesota leads that narrowly, uh, whopping negative 2 to negative 3. I mean, we're talking about really high numbers at this point. And the third tiebreaker is total goals scored. Portland lead that com- comfortably 48-36. to Portland, as we mentioned, just struggling lately. It's it's just crazy how they went on, what, a seven-game winning streak, and then they followed it up in the most key time of the season with a three-game losing streak. Yeah, I mean, after the uh, the Colorado uh, stinker that Minnesota United had, it was, what, an eight-point gap to Portland? Yeah. And over the course of, what is it, 10 days, it's it's one point. And I think it's a testament to Minnesota United picking up seven points and, and Portland falling on their face. Yeah, I think after the Colorado game, Dan, you and I – we kind of wrote off that a home playoff game was going to happen. I mean, the 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 differential was too far at that point, and all they've done is just continue pace. They've they've found Adrian Anu to be dangerous again, and they've gotten they've gotten valuable goals and assists from Franco Fragapane and Emmanuel Reynoso, and now they're within a point of a hosting a playoff game for the third season in a row. Yeah, after that Colorado match, I would have bet anything. There was no way we'd ever threaten. I thought that was the end of talking about home home field yeah. playoff spot and. Um, it's just, it's just crazy how tight things are that, you know, all of a sudden you win a few and you get back in it, but this whole season has kind of been that way. Yeah, you know, absolutely. We, we've Jonathan and I have talked a lot, Andy, about how we get done with the match and we've even said, well, that was a tough loss. We go, Oh no, wait, it was a draw. And, and there's, there's been so much <laughs> of that this year where you walk out of the stadium going, yuck, that was awful. Oh, that's right. We won. I even went home once and my wife said, Oh, I didn't listen. How'd the game go? I said, we lost. And then I went, no, we didn't lose. Just felt like it. So it's just been that year where, where where they're at right now is actually pretty amazing when you think about some of the trouble that they can't score goals. They've, yeah. you know, had so many issues. Starting 0-4, you can't score. One of the worst shooting teams as far as accuracy in the entire league. And yet here we are still having an outside possibility of hosting a playoff game. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, I think there were there were a number of letdowns of, of, of games that – they should have gotten three points where they got one. Obviously, there were the two games where they had the man advantage for 70 minutes plus. Yeah. There were two draws that obviously felt like losses. Yeah. So, yeah, you can, you can go down the list and they add up pretty quickly of, of games where there were drop points that you felt like they should have had more and they disappointed. Yeah, but you can pull yeah, out. Just looking at it, like besides Portland coming back down, everybody else has just tightened. You know, when Minnesota's yeah. gotten three points, pretty much everyone around them has gotten three. When Minnesota yeah. got – one at the at, at the weekend, you know, everyone else got either one or zero. So it's just it's just tightened around from that four to nine range. It's it's exactly what the league wants heading into decision day. And as Dan mentioned it earlier, just all the games taking place at once. Nobody's able to just sit back and just thank or thank the soccer gods for the result that happened before them because they're all happening all <laughs> at the same time. It's just going to be decision day is going to be madness, and I'm here for it because it's going to be so much fun just being on the air, bringing that bringing that madness to the listeners. It's just going to be, it's going to be wild to try and keep up with everything that's happening all at once. All right. Time for some, write that down and interesting, write that down this week. Write that down. Let me bring up the slideshow here on the YouTube feed. Again, you're listening to Loon Talk. You can find us anywhere you find your podcast. Do give us a rating, a review and a subscription. It does help us get found. We also put the video version of this 
up on Score North's YouTube channel as well. So you can go watch us talk soccer if you want to see these faces. Write that down as our weekly soccer-related prediction segment. We'll each make three soccer-related predictions. At least one of them is a Minnesota United-related prediction. We'll keep track of the correct predictions throughout the year. We'll call them goals, and then most goals at the end of the year wins the coveted golden boot. But before we make our predictions, let's get to an accountability session. Dan, I'll start with you since you'll be starting us off today in the prediction segments. Three things come off the board. All negative for you, Dan. It's just ugly. You said Colorado will not be in the top five by the end of the season. It's mathematically impossible for them to drop below, I I think, the fourth spot. It was a long time ago. Sure was. Uh, you said there will be five or more total goals scored in the Philadelphia and LAFC matches, as well as one clean sheet. You had it right up until you said the clean sheet part. So close. And then you said Seattle will beat Colorado by two or more goals. That was a one-one draw between those two teams on Wednesday night. You know, uh, every time I every time I bank on Seattle, they let me down. But then every <laughs> other match, they're scoring three, four goals, and they're and they're playing. Yeah, they're I can't I can't sync up with Seattle, but I'm gonna try again tonight. You haven't brought an MASL prediction in a while. What's up with that? No, I lost interest. (laughs) It was too much work finding the website. (laughs) Yeah, thanks for that, by the way. I know. It was a lot of work for you. (laughs) Uh, For me, a couple things come off the board. Four of them. Earlier this season, I said Dane St. Clair will have at least four clean sheets for Minnesota United this season uh, because they've only got three (laughs) games left this season. That's mathematically impossible. That's great. You think of that one all by yourself? Yeah, these are a lot of these are coming off the board because they're from when, so long ago. When did you say that? When we were 0-4 and, and he was done he was done playing? No, after Tyler Miller had a good stretch. I believe it was the last time we had Andy on. Wow. I think it was in June. I believe I said Man. that. Because we were talking about a goalkeeper battle or wow. what you would do with the goalkeepers yeah. and that came up. Um I said uh, Minnesota United will finish third place or higher in the Western Conference at the end of the season. Mathematically impossible. Minnesota will finish above the Galaxy and Colorado at the end of the season. Well, they could do one of those. They can't do both. Mm -hmm. And then I'm going to skip past this one quickly. I said Manchester United will beat Atlanta and Liverpool this week. That didn't happen. We're not going to discuss what happened at the weekend because it was shockingly embarrassing and disgusting and... I was really irritated. I don't I think that works for that. I don't think that's near as embarrassing as the four shutouts for Dane Sinclair. So <laughs> I think we need to just pause and go back to that. Just, <sighs> well, we the, to? I don't remember Andy. How did those end up? Uh, uh, was it one, two, three, four, or was it five goals that Liverpool? It was scored? five. It was five. It's like it's like three weeks worth of goals for Minnesota United. <laughs> It was a comeback win against Atlanta, which was fun, but then they followed that up by, with one of the worst performances I've ever seen from a team against your rivals at your home, and it's just gross. A um, couple did come off the board in the good column for me, though. Uh, I said, no team from Texas will make the playoffs, nor will any of them come within five points of a playoff spot. They cannot get within five points of a playoff spot uh, due to mathematics, which I did do. I took a calculator out and did all the math correctly. They can't come within five points. Um, and then I did ever, say Minnesota. Ever or just this year? Just this year. Oh, okay. Then I did say Minnesota will get four points out of the next two games, uh, the Philadelphia and LAFC games. They did. And then I said they'd score four or more goals, and they did that as well. They scored mm-hmm. four. Hit it right on hit it right wow. on the noggin there. So I get two goals out of that one. Mm-hmm. I was actually surprised by that one. I <clears throat> Couldn't believe that one came even through a, in the parlay there. Even a blind squirrel finds a nut once in a while. <laughs> I found 19 of them this season, actually, Dan, uh, which is three more than you have this season. At, at one point, there was a streak where I believe you were up by at least 10 goals, but now I'm just going to point it out. I'm up by three goals. 
The it's not guests, over yet. The guests have four goals, and the listeners are still pulling in 0-4 on the season. So that means it is time to make some predictions. Andy, I'll start off with you, sir. I'm uh, I'm glad we didn't have the accountability session extend to me. I was I was bracing for my <laughs> prediction that Minnesota uh, that uh, Tottenham would would have a manager, which would have been right. You know, they would actually find someone. Yeah, but who fires their manager first, Tottenham or Manchester United? Turns out they did. Ooh, that's a good question. I would probably have to say Ole goes first. But I was asking another Tottenham friend of mine, is this weekend's Tottenham versus Manchester United match the old school WWE win or you're fired match for it the should, managers? I mean, it, sh- it should be. I mean, <laughs> I, I'm just so um, – speaking of Tottenham, my prediction is Harry Kane is going to score less than 10 goals this year. Wow, um, out on the Harry Kane train. Well, I'm just – I'm just that disgruntled with the fact that he's not able to really get any quality service. And he seems disinterested. He was the reason that they gave up the goal uh, to West Ham. I just, I just am really down on, on him and his, his abilities. What's interesting about this is since this is coming up at the end of Minnesota United season and Tottenham's going to be going until May, I guess you're going to have to play into next season. Yeah. You're going to have me back next year to accountability test that one. This will play into next season. Yeah. yeah, this this weekend's match between Manchester United and Liverpool or Tottenham is going to be very interesting because I believe the loser will get uh, Antonio Conte as their manager next. Great. I like the fact that Andy thinks we'll be doing this next year. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing has been certain I yet. Love the, I love the confidence. <laughs> Appreciate it. Uh, Danny, I believe you're up. All right. Minnesota plays Vancouver and Sporting KC the next two matches. Roman Metinier will not receive a yellow card in either match, a red card in either match. In fact, he will not accumulate more than three fouls total in those two matches. Write that wow. down. You're, he's you're done. super confident he's, that he's done with his bad boy image. He's gonna he's gonna focus on on what he needs to do. He's watched confidence. The, he's watched the Adam Sandler anger management movie. <laughs> he's all good. He's, they've he's talked to the right people and he's got his everything. <laughs> he's everything's good now. He's he's all right. he's found his zen. All right. I think I, like, I think uh, I think uh I think Tyler Miller taught him how to be a rock at the bottom of a stream <laughs> and just let everything go by. You're gonna have mm. less angry Roman. I'm okay mm. with that. Here we go. All right. For me, I looked back at some of the other predictions that are still on the board. You did this to me earlier in the season with Chicharito not being a uh, golden boot winner Who? of the year Who? after I said he would oh, be is, earlier. Oh, he's season. not he's not going to now? No. Nah, oh. Oh, Unless okay. he scores like ten goals in each of the next three games for them, it's not going to happen. So you're uh, predicting that, so you write that down for Jonathan. Ten goals no. in the next three games. Oh, I thought no, that was my my prediction is Gustavo Bo, who you said earlier this season will win the Golden Boot, uh, mm-hmm. will not win the Golden Boot this season. Write that wow, that's, down. That's just looking. That's an. That's like just looking for an easy hanging curveball. That's just cheap. <laughs> hey, you did it when you were up ten that's, goals. I'm going to do it when I'm up three. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Andy. Um, you know, with uh, Tim Milia's suplex uh, at the weekend <laughs> and getting away with it, somebody in MLS is going to try to pick up a corner flag and smash it over someone's back. To see if they <laughs> yes. Yes. Write that down. Yeah. Write, it Write down. that down. I thought you were going to say they're going to spear somebody and just yeah, take sure, it right down. Too. Why not? Right through the shoulder. <laughs> I like it. We're getting all WWE on this colliding two worlds of well, mine. This is it's impressive. been that way lately. The refs are sure letting a lot of things go lately, or they're just missing them, which is, I don't Fingers know, which is more faces. concerning. 
Fingers and faces, guys throwing shoulders and knocking them out, throwing balls at people's heads. Cecilio Dominguez still flopping like it's still cool. Finally, we're Americanizing this sport. (laughs) Took forever. (laughs) Let's go. Dan, your second prediction? At Vancouver, Wednesday night, there will be no score, no goals scored in the first 45 minutes. So I'm basically predicting a scoreless draw after 45 minutes. I'm really looking forward to that halftime show where I'm by myself for the first eight minutes. <laughs> Trying to discuss in 45 minutes where there's no goals. Hopefully at least there's some action to talk about. And that's not much of a reach the way this team plays. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's just, that's been a, quite often this year, but I just don't think anybody's going to score in the first half. All right. All right. For my second prediction, kind of going off one I made last week that came to be true. Minnesota United will get at least four points from their next two matches. So they'll get a win and a draw, at least a win and a draw from these next two games against Vancouver and Sporting Kansas City. I don't know how it'll happen. I I earlier gave them two wins, but who knows? Four points at least from these next two matches. He's going to do that again next week too? No, because there's only one game. You can't keep, you, you can't, I think there should be a rule you can't repeat the same pick over. I didn't. I took out half of the pick from last time. <laughs> Andy, your third and final one of the game? Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with Adrian Unu scores the tying goal at LA Galaxy um, and uh, gets them into the playoffs with a 1 1 draw. Mm, they get their I like one it. goal by thin margins, but it's enough to get them into the playoffs. <laughs> I like it. Adrian Unu saving this team and pushing them into the playoffs. How will fans react then? Man, uh, they better embrace it, right? <laughs> right. Not Hashtag, Hashtag Adrian Anu out. <laughs> <laughs> My final one of the game or of the week, U.S. Women's National Team in action tomorrow against South Korea at Allianz Field. They will beat South Korea by at least three goals with Carly Lloyd, who is uh, – going to be the person on honor tomorrow as she's playing her final game as a U.S. Men's Na- or U.S. Women's National Team player. She will score at least twice tomorrow at Allianz Field. Write that down. Twice? I think she scored twice in the last game she played at Allianz Field in 19. So there I you know go. that, but I like it. There you yeah. go. I, if, I you had any, if you had any confidence in her at all, you would have said a hat trick. I don't know what's wrong with you. You're not tempting me into upping my, my right I'd go down. with three. You did that earlier. You can certainly do a fourth one I would, if you no, want. No, I said if I were you, I'd go with three. I wouldn't. No, this isn't this isn't like earlier this season where it was easy to tempt me into these dumb picks. You've, it's not you've grown. Happen. You've grown so during this season. <laughs> I've tried to, anyways. I love All the right. pressure game you guys play. I love it. <laughs> hey, there's 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 the coveted golden boot, which we don't know what it is at this point. We don't know what the trophy looks like, but it might just be the Adrian Heath gnome above my shoulder there. Whoever wins gets the Adrian Heath gnome. All right, that's been uh, Write That Down for this week. That has also been Loon Talk for this week. Andy, thanks for joining us this week. It was it was fun having you on. Yeah, thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, Andy. We'll see you at the stadium. Halloween. No what costume cost- for me. No? You sure? No, I don't think so. That'd be a big hit. I think everybody would love it. Dan, what costume think- are you going with? Think about it. Think okay, about it. I will. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. No costume for you, Dan? Ah, uh, no. I have enough. Tr- I have enough trouble getting in the parking lot without a costume. <laughs> I'll, ne- I'll never get in the building if I don't have if I have a costume on. Will be the, the only one wearing guy. a costume? Yeah. Come on. Sorry, sir. You're not on the list. It's home game number sixteen. I've you don't match fifty, and I've been on the list fifteen times. Now I'm not on the list. 
You don't match the picture on your credential. Good luck getting in. <laughs> Talk my way in. <laughs> All right. That has been Loon Talk for this week. Loons fans, we will talk to you Wednesday night for Minnesota at Vancouver on Score North, 8.30 p.m. pre-match, 9 p.m. kickoff, and then Sunday on Score North, 11.30 p.m. pre-match, 12, or 11.30 a.m., excuse me, pre-match. Dan would be asleep by that time. Uh, 12 p.m. <laughs> kickoff for that one against Sporting Kansas City on Halloween Sunday. Loons fans, it's been good talking to you. We will talk to you those games, those games and next week. Hi, this is Daniel Rue the Real GM Radio Podcast. And while the NBA season is still pretty new, there are some interesting storylines going on. And for me, one of them is, let's call it a shift in expectations, because there are a couple teams that we expected to be not necessarily pushing the accelerator in the early going in the season, maybe seeing Victor Wembanyama and Scoot Henderson, this purportedly strong 2023 draft class, and going, hey, we could be a part of that. And that would be the Utah Jazz and the San Antonio Spurs. Both teams are over 500 with some nice wins. And this isn't fluke. They're playing well so far, and so we will see how they build on this, how they react to it. Do they keep pushing, see if see how it can keep going, or do they change directions through trades and everything else? So that'll be something to watch in this year where the draft class is, is strong and these teams have incentives going in both directions. Hi, this is Daniel LaRue from the Real GM Radio Podcast. BetOnline.net is your number one source for betting football and the start of the new basketball season. Find all the latest player developments, matchups, news, in-depth analysis, and live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. Can check in on your favorite games and events, including the baseball playoffs, start of the hockey season, MMA, boxing, and golf, plus sports podcasts. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more at BetOnline, where the game starts.